MD Radio, MD.com. Join the millions of people who are chucking processed and refined foods and are basing their healthy diets on whole foods and non-GMO foods. This is where we talk about clean eating. It's the Clean Food Network Show with Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Clean Food Network, and I'm thrilled to have Gabby Myers on the program. She's a writer, chef, and teacher. We're going to be talking about some of her gluten and dairy-free recipes, her great blog, and more. Hello, Gabby. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lisa. Thank you. Glad to be here. So Oh, it's so good to have you on. So I went to GabrielleMyers.com, and that's Gabrielle, and then M-Y-E-R-S.com. And the first thing I saw was your beautiful self and your wonderful arms. And then I saw the grass-fed <laughs> beef burgers with caramelized onions and kale. And I thought, okay, that is what I want to eat. So that looks so good. I'm so big on if you're going to eat meat, have it be grass-fed, have it be organic if possible. So I think that's awesome. Tell us about yourself and when you first got interested in healthy eating. Um, I pretty much have been interested in healthy eating my whole life. Um, it's something that my parents really cared about. And so they raised me with an intention to uh, food and how it impacts our health. Um, and then I went into uh, culinary school and ended up working in restaurants and in catering companies for many years. And uh, at many of the places I worked, they emphasized using uh, fresh ingredients from local sources um, and making sure that they're picked at the peak of ripeness and that they nourish the customer. And that was a, really a key feature of many of the places I worked at. So that connection between food and health um, has really been at the center of my life for many years. Well, you know, before we jump into some dairy and gluten-free recipes, I want to talk a little bit about your book, Hive Mind. Talk to us about that. It's a memoir uh, that takes uh, place, really it tells the story um, of my experience on an organic farm uh, right near Vacaville in California, so in the Sacramento Valley during the growing season of 2006. And the memoir itself uh, deals a lot with cooking from the farm um, and the experience of pulling an onion out of the ground or plucking a plum from a plum tree and then cooking with it immediately, um, and also working the different farmer's markets. Um, but the background of the story also um, feature the farmer uh, herself, um, who I worked closely with. It was a female farmer by the name of Laura Trent. Um, and so I um, told about the experience I had working with her um, on that farm. And what is that experience like of actually pulling the onion out and actually, you know, working on a farm like that? Because I think that's so removed for so many of us. But when you can get in touch with your food that way, I think it makes a big difference. Well, I think it makes you appreciate each fruit and each, you know, onion and each uh, blade of a chive much more than you did before because you realize how much work goes into it, especially on an organic farm. Organic farmers work usually from the crack of dawn uh, straight through sunset. And, you know, it's it's in many ways that kind of breaking labor. Um, but it's also nourishing, I think, for those that tend the soil um, and then can uh, offer that produce um, and those vegetables to their customers. It's really deeply satisfying, I think. And no, nothing else is quite satisfying in that way. Um, it's pretty a powerful experience to know that what you're providing for your customers is that pure and has been given that much attention. Uh, so there's also something magical, I think, about um, holding a tomato that's been warmed in 90-degree valley heat in your hand, and then within an hour, 
going into the outdoor kitchen and slicing it up, adding a little sea salt and olive oil and devouring it. So, oh, God, that so sounds so amazing. Moving experience, an ecstatic experience. So. Now, do you find it hard to just go to the store and find it, even if it's an organic tomato? Do you do you long for that flavor and that experience that you had, or do you, you kind of carry that with you, I'm guessing? Well, I always long for it, um, but at the same time, I love food, <laughs> even if it's not perfect, right? So <laughs> I'm moved by my belly in many ways, so um, I'm not that picky, really. <laughs> but, I, I'll, you know, th- there's a difference between a tomato, like the one I just described, and one um, that has been mass produced and shipped in to your local supermarket. And it's just, it's a different thing. I view it as um, they're really separate ingredients. Oh, I bet. You know, I'm looking at some of these recipes. This looks amazing. Wild salmon, leek, and olive burgers. And I noticed that you use almond meal. That makes such a great Mm -hmm. replacement for flour. It's so much healthier and it makes things taste amazing. Talk to us about this recipe. Um, so in that recipe, I use the almond flour uh, to bind because um, that's often what we well often breadcrumbs are used um, to bind um, in a, basically a fish cake or a crab cake, and so you can easily replace that with uh, flour. And you could use a multitude of different flour. You could use uh, rice flour as well, or uh, chechen flour, chickpea flour. Um, so you're not really, I don't think, limited on the, the gluten and dairy-free diet, which uh, all the recipes on my blog uh, follow um, the gluten and dairy-free diet, and then they're seasonal as well. So there are a lot of replacements and kind of alternatives that you can come up with. And the thing with the wheat flour is that I think it's often used because it's cheap and it's easy to get, but it doesn't in and of itself, I think, in most recipes um, have much of a reason beyond that for being there. Um, whereas almond oh, flour yeah. has, I think it's a lot better for us um, in terms of its fiber content and the protein that it offers, I think is a higher quality. And then it also has minerals um, um, and, and vitamins. Yeah, because it's just crushed up almonds. I think people don't realize that, right? I mean, it's basically just almonds that have been pulverized into a flour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't get yeah, better than that, right? Nice. <laughs> and you have that nice <laughs> nuttiness um, that complement and really carry, I think, the, the salmon and leek flavor um, in a nice way. So, And the texture, uh, I think, uh, it adds something that the plain uh, bleached white flour doesn't. Definitely. You know, another one that looks really good is the grilled sea scallops with asparagus, lemon, and mint relish. And I love that these are simple. There's not a truckload of ingredients. It's like basic stuff. You've got lemon zest, garlic, lemon juice, you know, virgin olive oil. I, I just think it's extra virgin, I should say. It's so nice when you can just take whole ingredients like that and just make something so fresh and delicious. Yeah, that's my guiding principle as a chef. And really that came to me by working in a particular restaurant that really wanted to highlight the ingredients themselves. And their take on the role of a chef was that the chef, kind of their, their job is to show the ingredients in all their glory. Um, so it's not about the chef being a mastermind or a chemist or trying to come up with these crazy combinations, but it's letting the, the beauty of the food shine through. And so I try to make that happen in every recipe that I present on the blog. You know, another one that I love what you said, another one that looks great is the shaved asparagus charred strawberry pistachio lemon vinaigrette. Now, I've never seen a charred strawberry. You have a beautiful picture of a close up. That must taste really yummy. Two minutes. It, it does. Yes. It's a, 
a very different flavor than just the regular strawberry. And yeah, honestly, there's nothing better than just a, a raw strawberry <laughs> that, that has just been picked. Um, but this makes it something a little different. Um, and it's really easy to do. All you do is toss it in a very light uh, olive oil and a light coating of that, throw it on the grill for a few minutes, turn it around while it's on the grill, and you're done. Um, so it's very easy, but then you have that nice uh, kind of char around the strawberry, um, and then the strawberry inside is very tender and juicy because all the flavors have been concentrated in that tight little package. Mm. Now, I'm going to mispronounce something, which I, I often do, but let's see. Grilled lemon, serrano, and oregano spice pul- pulpitine with Meyer lemon alioli. Al- oh, I was close. What is pulpitini? They're basically baby meatballs. So pul- pul- is it pulpette? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so they they're look baby. Really good. Is that chicken that this made from? It is. It looks like it's some brown kind of... chicken. Oh, good. Mm. Oh my yeah, and they're I'm and they're so very hungry. easy to make, and they're perfect for uh, appetizers, uh, for hors d'oeuvres at a party. Uh, they're nice little uh, little kind of bundles of flavorful spiced meat, and so in that recipe, oh. there's lemon zest, there's a hint of spice, there's uh, some fresh oregano. Um, mild and small amount of cooked red onion, um, and then you bind it all with egg yolk. Um, so it's very easy oh, to make. It just takes a few minutes, um, but it's definitely worth it, um, and it works really well. Gabby, I have to let you go. Everyone, check out GabrielleMyers.com for these recipes. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and stay well. <laughs>